0: In this week's podcast, Susan and I discuss the future of happiness and have a philosophical discussion on a Sunday evening. Welcome to the podcast Heroes of Futurism with me, Jonathan Cherry. This podcast is about the future and how to create it, what opportunities exist, what ideas are worth thinking about, and how you can begin to design the future that you want. Let's start right now. Welcome, Susan.
1: Thank you for inviting me back after a few weeks of focusing on my final exams.
0: Yeah, what's been happening? We haven't recorded a podcast for a while now.
1: Yeah, sorry to everyone that listens. Um, I have just finished up my PG dip in future studies through Stellenbosch Business School. so And I've applied for my master's, so let's see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I finished studying. I think the last module was... I had to dig deep. Congratulations. Thank you. What was the last module? The last module was um, measuring and making the future. And the test, uh, the exam was on demography. And the assignment was on forecasting techniques.
0: Sounds hella technical. So (laughs) now that you've finished the degree, would you recommend the uh, postgraduate diploma in future studies at Stellenbosch University?
1: I mean, I recommend it to everyone that I meet. So I should really earn commission from Stellenbosch University. But you, absolutely, I think um, for me, I think it seems quite obvious that but I haven't like realized that it's not for everyone, uh, but it seems almost like something you should have to do before you can even go and study anything else. Um, I think what the best outcome has been that I look at things according to a social economic technological political environmental economic point of view as opposed to just my worldview so before I would only filter information through my worldview and now I think it's really forced me to look at things and I think maybe people just do do that you know but uh, for me it was definitely a new way of looking at trends and spotting uh, those kind of Points on the horizon um, and and being able to evaluate them according to to different dimensions to hmm. consider. Okay,
0: so it's given you just a more rounded perspective on life. It seems absolutely. Hmm. Okay, so in today's topic, mm-hmm. we um, decided
1: on we haven't prepared, so we thought we'd just talk it out here. Um, but we have decided on a controversial topic. Is it controversial? You just said it was controversial.
0: Okay, so the topic that we are going to talk about is happiness.
1: The future of happiness.
0: Right. So I think happiness is an interesting topic. So you brought it up, um, and it's one of those things where I think when you said the future of happiness, I said, well, what is that? There are many definitions of what happiness is. And it seems like in modern popular culture, people are obsessed with finding happiness. They're... Obsessed with eliminating sadness or pain or discomfort, um, so it might be worthwhile just to talk about what is happiness.
1: Mm, now I'm wishing we had prepared. <laughs> so, is there a? I mean, there must be a universal definition, but should I speak about what is happiness for me? Sure, sure. So, happiness for me is. I mean, it is something I chase. I am someone that really prefers to feel happiness. And for me, that means um, excitement. It means, uh, yeah, I get like an excited feeling in my stomach. Um, And it is laughing. It is being content. It is uh, just all the parts coming together so I guess the insides the outsides uh, family love all of that coming together and exploding I know it's a very naive approach but this is literally just speaking off the cuff Um, and I think why I say I prefer to feel happiness is I do have uh, people that I know and friends of mine that actually I think they feel their most relatable feeling, well, it seems as if their most relatable feeling is rather one of um, frustration or uh, like a dystopia. Uh, they seem more comfortable in that. But I'm definitely more comfy in a in a happier frame.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think that's interesting because the definition of happiness for people, for everyone, I guess, is slightly different. For me, happiness is um contentment it's about feeling uh it's like feeling a I almost want to say a lack of worry mm. Um like
1: I want nothing else like yeah. I don't want to add anything else once I've got that feeling right I'm so happy with what it's it a is. space
0: where you're not actively concerned about your future I guess uh sure for me,
1: yeah, you're not really feeling anything other than what you're feeling, than the yeah. happiness.
0: And maybe it is about really enjoying being in the moment. That's what happiness is, is mm-hmm. it's got an element of mindfulness. So it's about being very content as to where you are right now. Um, and even as I say that, I think, well, then the route to happiness is pretty simple. Then you just need to meditate more. Be and, present. And be present.
1: Yeah, but not everyone finds meditating. The same way as you find it,
0: right? But there are numerous reasons. it, should I say? Sure, and there are numerous reasons as to why. Sure. Um, so I did do a little bit of research. I didn't tell you, but <laughs> Jeez. well, not a huge amount of research. But um, funnily enough, you know, you've just finished your degree, and yes. one of the interesting pieces of research that when I did the same degree at Selmut, we we looked at um, was something called the World Happiness mm. Index. And I thought that was really interesting because there is an argument that instead of countries improving their GDP, their gross national products, which is a very basic way of looking at the success of a, of a nation, um, one of the indicators is to try and improve the level of happiness in a country. And which is
1: also what the SDGs are set at. This is sustainable development goals are set at… Uh at achieving that, rather right. than only GDP being a measure.
0: Yeah, so they include things like well-being. They mm-hmm. include things like health and safety. They include access. yeah access to um, education, right? Economy, right? All of those kind of things. Yeah, and then they rank countries in accordance with those metrics.
1: Where are we ranking? South Africa. Yeah, I haven't
0: actually checked the latest one, but we kind of in the middle. Okay. Um I think there are a lot of countries where it's um the level of happiness is far worse than in South Africa. I think often we think that South Africa is such a terrible place to live, but I think it depends on who you are and where you live in South Africa. I think Absolutely. it can be a terrible place to live. Um it can be the one of the best countries to live in. It just depends on what you
1: And maybe it also may, depends if you are South African. Yeah. Compared to if you're someone else living in South Africa, this might be the happiest place because where you've come from is not happy or where you've come from comes with other stresses that uh, makes it difficult to access happiness. Hmm. Um, So, so as I just said that um, I was speaking to a friend the other day and, and she was saying, she's just not feeling happy at the moment. And I said to her, you know, I can't give her um, any pearls of wisdom about happiness about feeling happiness but what I went through last year was um, I was going through a stage where I really didn't have anything to not be happy about and I didn't have anything to not be grateful for but yet I wasn't feeling grateful and I wasn't feeling happy and to me gratitude and happiness do go very closely together and I was like thinking if I don't I have a really good life. Why can I not feel this happiness? And it made me realize that I wasn't giving myself access to, I wasn't allowing myself, giving myself the right things that would allow me to access happiness. So for me, I realized instead of just chasing happiness, I need to make sure that there's certain levels in my life that are met in order for me to access this. So things like for me, And it's different for every person, but for me, in order to give myself the best chance at feeling and accessing happiness, I need to be well rested. Um, I need to be eating healthily. Um, and by that, I mean food that it nourishes me. And again, for every single person, that is different, but I need to eat a certain diet, um, that allows me, you know, gives me the best chance to, to, to kind of be in balance. Um, for me, it's about, uh, exercising regularly. And I mean, from one of my siblings, she absolutely hates exercise. So she would definitely not put that on her list, but for me, it is important. I need to be surfing or running or something, some kind of exercise, even just walking, um, in nature. Uh, I need to be, um, with family, I need to spend time with my loved ones and friends. And so it was sleep, food, exercise, and then family. And for me, family represents love. And again, not everyone would have that same feeling. Um, and if I, and then also um, meditating. And for me, that's a spiritual instruction and a spiritual practice that helps me. So if I've got those five things in check, then I give myself the best chance at feeling happy. It's not that those things specifically make me feel happiness, and I think it was quite a brainwave for me, um, quite a yeah, quite a an moment of awareness when I realised that I could even be having all the most amazing things happening in my life. I could technically be feeling content, but not really being able to access that feeling. Mm.
0: So you didn't mention money in any uh, in that list. No. <laughs> which is i think fascinating because in popular culture i guess happiness is sold to people in the form that you are wearing designer clothes you are driving a lamborghini you are well that's are, advertising yeah no but it's not just advertising it would be in movies it's instagram in, yeah <laughs> Facebook. it's it's all sorts of those sure. things. so i wonder whether is that still the case i mean Again, I think it just depends on it's not the same for everybody. I think it depends on where you're at.
1: So while you were speaking and you spoke about money my thoughts straight away went to that if I am balanced and those things are all in balance and I'm able to access my I'm able to access happiness for me that would mean that I would then see opportunity and that is probably where the money lies, right? Yeah. The money lies with being able to see opportunity. In that way, you don't have to work uh, like a slave You can to make money. You can just mm. be doing, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm going, this is very specific to me, so maybe not everyone will relate to it.
0: Well, you know, there's a saying that the only people that think about money as much as rich people do are poor people.
1: That's Oscar Wilde, I think.
0: Right. Yeah. And I guess that's when you say the word balance, mm. money also needs to be. In too
1: balance. much or too little. Absolutely.
0: Right. Um, and it's, I guess that's what gets sold as happiness is excess.
1: But is that not exponential, right? So exponential mm. worry on either side, exponential poverty or exponential wealth. Yeah. Uh, or money, because on both sides
0: you there is no safety.
1: Absolutely, because yes. if
0: you have too much money, then you've got a lot to lose. Mm. So you've got to hold on to a lot of stuff. If you've got no money, then you, you know, then your future looks incredibly bleak. Absolutely. You've got to be somewhere in the middle,
1: mm-hmm. which is, I guess, what the uh, SDGs are looking to eradicate is the the exponential lower um, experience mm. and and and. Um,
0: but Excess. funny enough they don't try and get rid of the exponential top end Yeah. Very so right. why is that i mean why do we feel because isn't that part of the problem with the world at the moment you've got a massive problem of inequality mm-hmm. but inequality is not an issue with just the poor inequality has got to do with excesses at the top so surely and all the like raging capitalists can turn off now but uh you know there's a lot of argument to say that it shouldn't be allowed that people can make as much money as they do it should it just should not be allowed
1: i don't believe in that at all
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> my Marxist.
1: i don't no 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 i, I don't think I don't think you can stop the people at the top because, again, they're on that upward swing on the exponential curve. So for them to make even more is even easier. It requires even less effort because they're already coming from such a huge base. But for the very lower part of the exponential curve, yeah. for them to try, they will never be able to reach the top. So I think the SDGs are very well put in place because they really do uh, empower they are aimed at empowering, mm. um, the, the, the well, to eradicate total poverty.
0: Right, but you can't actually eradicate poverty if you have a situation where the system allows certain individuals to accumulate the amount of wealth that they accumulate. And when we're talking about wealth, we're not just talking about someone who's rich. We're talking about the ability of one individual to accumulate what is it now? They say 8 people in the world earn half the world's wealth. That is that's the level of what we're talking about. Um it's it's an astronomical amount. So,
1: but what does that have to do with happiness?
0: A lot. Because if you look at okay, so in when they do these surveys of countries around the world where people are generally happy What's the one region of the world that often pops up as short people are super happy?
1: The Nordic countries, right?
0: So in the Nordic regions, Norway, uh,
1: Denmark, Denmark, Stockholm, Sweden, I'm Sweden,
0: Finland, these kind of places. The one thing that I find quite interesting is that yes, they have. A great sense of community they have government that is not corrupt mm-hmm. um, they have access to natural wealth which is managed well by the government but one of the things that i find really interesting is that they have very strict laws with regards to um, gender equality in hiring they have very strict laws as to uh, you know women can't get paid less than men that's like a law in places like iceland um, and then what I found really interesting that in Norway, apparently there is a law that the highest paid employee in any company cannot get paid more than 50 times the lowest paid employee. Mm. Um, now you put that in uh, the context of South Africa and you say like, well, Ian Moyer from uh, Woolworths cannot get paid a monthly salary, which is more than 50 times someone who rings up a toll. At the Woolworths in Clove Street.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, put that in the mix. And I guess you are creating a society which is just more equal. And I guess in some way, if we're talking about balance, if we're talking about, um, yeah, if we're just talking about trying to eliminate the excess on either side, uh yeah. So we just did a quick calculation. If the if the packer, the tool packer at Woolworths, is earning seven and a half thousand rand a month, that means the CEO Ian Moya wouldn't be allowed to earn more than three hundred and seventy five thousand rand a month, which is a lot of money. Three hundred and seventy five thousand is four point five million a year. That's um that's a reasonable salary, but Ian Moya's salary is a hundred times that. Is it? Okay, it's ten times. that. <laughs> Because Woolworths is doing badly, but I mean, it's it's a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. So even that, I mean, that's not really saying that's not really saying to someone we're we really going to clip your wings. It's just about saying you can't make in excess. You know, there needs to be some kind of balance in what is allowed mm-hmm. in society. Because in actual fact, that's what we are now discovering: is that the world is in the place that it's in partly because there are excesses of wealth which are being accumulated. And that is not good for the world because people who have excess amounts of wealth have excess amounts of power. And that means that then the democratic system, which is premised on the idea that everyone is equal, just doesn't work anymore. Because and then now if you you've... look
1: at the power-privilege ratio, right. it's going to keep a certain group of people constantly privileged.
0: Right. Uh, and not only just constantly privileged, but with the ability to swing things in their favor. So it's a loaded dice for people who are wealthy because they have influence. People who have wealth can influence people in politics. Um, just the other day, granted, it was on a website which maybe you need to take with a pinch of salt what they're writing about, but there is argument to say that the Brexit. Uh, process has been manipulated by certain people who have business interests in the uk brexiting so one of those ideas is that if you are able to influence a brexit if you had to short the southern uh, sorry the british economy or short the pound before and you knew that you could influence a brexit if you were shorting that currency before brexit happened you would have made an absolute astronomical amount of money in the last three years. Um, so that is what we're talking about. That's the influence that exists. Now, I don't want this to become a conspiracy theory podcast. <laughs> Not at all. I'm just saying that these are, you know, we're having a discussion. Sure.
1: Um, and if we have to bring that back now to the, way, to the future of happiness, how would you tie it back? Um, I mean, mine was very much a personal, (laughs) spiritual experience that I have.
0: But hey, you studied futures and that's all about having a broad perspective. Absolutely. So look, I think the future of happiness is in a really interesting space right now because we are looking at a future where we are saying the world is facing an economic challenge. At the moment, we just were watching the news and apparently there's huge protests in Lebanon because the youth there have no work. Absolutely. Absolutely. this is the same as what's happening in Hong Kong. We've spoken about Hong Kong before the podcast. Same that's happening in, in South Africa? Same in South Africa. There is a situation where people are...
1: Except our, we are not protesting against unemployment.
0: Well, we protest. We have service delivery protests, which effectively mm. is an unemployment protest. Okay. It's just mired in other stuff. Okay. Um, so the world is sitting in a situation where I think we are becoming intolerant of the systems that don't work for society anymore. Mm. And it doesn't look like that's going to get any better. Mm. We're sitting with an issue of climate change. And again, I read some weird stuff. Well, it's not really weird, but I mean, I was reading a philosophical argument, which actually asked the question, what kind of problem is climate change? And climate change is nothing more than a problem that, that we have a lack of public interest. There's no global public accountability for what happens in industry so if china and the united states decide that they're not going to cut carbon emissions it affects all of us but it is their own um, national economic interests which they're protecting and we all suffer as a consequence that is just that you know that's ridiculous that can't be so climate change is one of those things where it's a manifestation of greed.
1: So um, then if we have to look at the topic was future of happiness, what would the opposite of happiness be? Is that what we busy experiencing? What would you define as the... Well, I think the
0: the antithesis is fear, there's a lack of safety, there's anxiety, there's depression, there's hopelessness, there's nihilism, there's all of those things that I think many youth around the world are facing. Mm. And and speaking out. Yeah, I can't dream for a future because I don't have a future. Mm. Um, We went and watched a really interesting uh, musical production at the Baxter during the week. Um, what is it called?
1: Danger in the Dark by Danger. David Kramer. Right,
0: which was really great. I Unbelievable. The, the dancing was fantastic. But for me, that was a fantastic South African representation of the hopelessness that a lot of the youth have in this country. Sure. And that, for me, is the opposite of happiness. Mm. Um, where you, hopelessness. Yeah, you don't have any dreams for the future because your future is, in your mind, determined By the misery that is around you. You have no agency to change it.
1: So if hopelessness is the antithesis of happiness, Mm. then hope could be thought of as the antithesis of hopelessness. Yeah. So in order to feel, I mean, how's me just deducing here, but in order for me, in order for, we are saying that potentially, Mm. um, for people to feel and access happiness. Yeah. They need to have hope.
0: For sure. Because if you have hope for the future, you know that tomorrow potentially could be better than today. And the only way, well, not the only way, but a a primary (laughs) way that you... He's waving
1: his hand. So, (laughs) uh, unfortunately, we can't film this, but um, the 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 hand is being waved.
0: I I think... (laughs) The way that you are going to have hope for the future is that if you know that you have the ability to change your circumstance that you are involved in today, Mm -hmm. which means that you're empowered, which means that you have agency. Because if you believe that, uh, it means then that you know that you can do something about your situation.
1: So the future of happiness lies in empowerment, hope for the future, Mm -hmm. and agency.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then like, A voice. I guess what you've got to do is work out what would give people those things. What really empowers people? What gives people agency to change their circumstance?
1: Well, I guess also change, right? So if you are constantly lobbying, um, you want to feel like you are being heard mm. and The way to feel that you are being heard, well, for me, the way for me to feel that I'm being heard is if someone actually addresses me, firstly, and secondly, I can see the change that I have been a part of the process of that change. Right. Or had the impact. Mm. So it seems very simple.
0: (laughs) It does. But that's also why you understand why when young people in Hong Kong, which is an incredibly expensive city to live in, Mm. It's quite divided. Um, Mm. I guess when young people decide that they are going to protest and put their lives in danger Mm. uh, and put their health at risk by walking into tear gas, potentially getting shot in the face with a rubber bullet, that in a way is hope. Um, It's, you know, they have agency. They Mm -hmm. can change their future. It's not by getting an education. It's Mm. not by, you know, improving their lot in life by getting a better job. It's about picking up an umbrella and getting a gas mask and getting into the street and going head to head with the Chinese authorities.
1: And what's the equivalent of that in South Africa? I guess it's the same as the protests we see here. Mm
0: -hmm. That gives people hope.
1: And what would the equivalent in America be?
0: I yeah. It doesn't
1: seem to be a united front.
0: I think in America, more more so than here, Americans still believe in their political system. Mm. So in America, they will still go and canvas for, like, that Cortez. Mm. You know, they will see her as hope. Mm -hmm. You know, there is someone who, you know, can represent someone in a position of power, and people will rally behind it. So in some sense, as... Like crazy as America seems right now, I still get a sense that they believe in their political system to make a difference.
1: And do you think we've got that with Cyril Ramaphosa? I think he came in as a as a superhero <clears throat> to South Africa.
0: Sure, and but at I, the time, but I think we're putting huge expectations on mm. someone to turn around a system which is incredibly complex. Not only does he need to move stuff within his own party, which is mm. you know mired in corruption and. Mm. Uh, patronage and stuff like that
1: our political system hasn't really changed no i mean he's inherited a system
0: yeah but i think that people that was flawed i think people are still hopeful that Mm. something is going to happen but they also need to be patient but understandably people are not patient Mm. you know i think people are are nervous there's Mm. there's no real big vision that we're all buying into that there is hope for the future we need a
1: slogan and a song
0: yeah. And a good story. We need yeah. something to believe in. And I think day to day life in South Africa is tough and it's for many, many reasons. Mm. Um, so I think we've got a long road ahead. Mm. It's, I think things certainly will be better in the future, but I just think that people need to be patient and also in some sense need to find ways that they can find agency or empower themselves.
1: So how do we find this hope and
0: empowerment?
1: What are some things we can do?
0: Well, as a philosopher, I'm going to sound like a complete, like, nut job, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I firmly believe that one of the things that you have to do is you've got to read. I, I think you've got to read history. You've got to see how the world has been at a point of hopeless, hopelessness before. In many, many times, mm-hmm. it's, it's happened before. And there's always been a way out of it. I think that the more you can, um, the more you can read and expose yourself to stories of hope, stories where people have come out of situations of dire, you know, circumstance to achieve something above that, I think that's important. Um, obviously, I think it's important that you educate yourself as as much as you can, and uh, a part of that education is to. Read philosophy and read literature and expose yourself to people with interesting thoughts. And then I think this is a wild idea, but I do think that there is value in, um, developing some kind of self awareness and doing the things that you, that you said make you happy. I think it's important that they don't make me
1: happy. They give me the opportunity to access happiness.
0: Right, but I think that none those, of those
1: things actually make me happy.
0: Right, but I think those things are universal mm. because I think if you're anybody and you say, sure, I'm in a really difficult situation right now, but here's what I am going to do. I'm going to make sure that I get enough sleep. I'm going to make sure I try and eat as best as I can and what I can afford. I'm going to make sure that I exercise and look after my body. I'm going to do all of these things, even though I, you know, I'm in a difficult situation. I think if you're self aware enough to say, my life is a project and that project I will pursue and I have a dream of where it's going to go. I don't entirely know what the route is that I'm going to take to get there, but I want to make my life better. And I think just by having that commitment where you say to yourself, this is my life right now. It's certainly not where it's supposed to be. I want it to improve. Let me do whatever I can to find ways that I can improve it. And I just think that building that momentum of improvement ultimately is not going to solve all the problems. But I do believe that that momentum builds over time and accumulates to a space where you've got more agency and more leverage to improve your life.
1: Okay. I sound like a politician. You do sound like a politician. Um, if I, one last thing I wanted to ask you, if I had no idea what philosophy even was, and I think people don't always understand what philosophy is and they feel maybe a bit too embarrassed to say it, what would be the top three easy intros into philosophy that people could start dabbling with?
0: Well, I think it's important once again for us to define what philosophy is. Um, philosophy is Thinking about About thinking thinking. (laughs) and that sounds random, but you know what? Okay, so let's say, for instance, like I told you about that article I read, which is what kind of problem is climate change? Mm -hmm. I think one of the interesting things that philosophy does is that it doesn't just say, Oh, here's this thing called climate change and it's real and it's about plastic and it's about ocean warming and it's about weather changing and all that kind of stuff. It says, what exactly is climate change and where does it come from? It's a problem, but how did we get to the problem? And if you think of it as in you thinking about the thing, uh, you can actually think quite deeply about climate change. And you can say, well, climate change is actually as, as a result of human progress. If we hadn't progressed to where we are um, as a human, as humankind or the human race, we wouldn't have climate change. If we were still living in caves and hunting animals with bow and arrows, there would be no such thing as climate change. Mm-hmm. So in other words... But all, we might not still exist. Right. But all of the things that we sure. see around us, the luxury, the cities, the spacecrafts going to the moon, mm. the electric cars, all of that stuff, that is the cause of climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, our progression
1: is climate change So philosophy is thinking about thinking Right What are three things I could read this week That would introduce me to philosophy Or get me thinking
0: Okay So um, There are web sites mm-hmm. I think the first website that you can go and have a look at Is a website called the School of Life mm-hmm. You can You um, can Google that. Mm-hmm. Um, quite an interesting philosopher, Alain de Botton. He's a British guy, um, quite young. He's got a great sense of humor. And he produces like very cool videos, mm-hmm. which I think you've referenced a couple of times mm-hmm. when you were studying philosophy. Um, so that's the one thing. The second one that I would look at is a website called Brain Pickings. Which is a really cool, like daily resource, um, where the writer brain pickings, she puts out some really fantastic content, but all the literature she reads and she, she picks and curates things that you can go and look at, which I find really cool. Uh, and then the last one is the Guardian, the Guardian newspaper. They actually have a philosophy section. Oh, yeah. So it's called the, the Guardian philosophy. Just Google that. Um, and they have opinion pieces and op-eds and stuff like that that you can just go and read and um, I think it's mainstream philosophy so it's not like super heavy stuff they just ask interesting questions in a philosophical kind of way
1: so I think you uh, know a lot more about philosophy and much uh, kind of wider read than me but uh, or than myself but but the one I would say is if you're looking to just think what are these two talking about my recommendation and maybe you can put it in the, um, description, in the description is Paul Salia, South African philosopher, uh, who writes so simply, he passed away when he was far too young. Um, and he wrote, uh, what is it? Um, about slowness. Mm.
0: What
1: was the article called?
0: Um, I must actually find it. It's yeah. it's about.
1: I've got the article so we can post a link to it cause it is free access on the web. Mm. Um, and really, he writes absolutely simply and really brings the, the, yeah, really brings philosophy to life in a very simple way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly that education of yours is kicking in because <laughs> I, I don't think that Paul Solio is as simple. I I think, really? yeah, yeah. I, I think his stuff's fairly intense.
1: Okay, well, let's put it, let's. But I think
0: it's it. it's worthwhile having yeah. a read. And it a is, South
1: African philosopher. Yeah,
0: yeah. He was, he's actually a, he was a world leader. He was mm. really regarded. And the philosophy department at Stellenbosch University is one of the best uh, in the world. So mm. they are really at the cutting edge. Um, but yeah, we'll put that article out. I think it's quite a hard grade read, <laughs> but <laughs> I know why you loved it. Mm. Okay, so I don't think we solved... So
1: the future of happiness lies in hope, empowerment, and agency, according to Jonathan Cherry. <laughs> Masters in Futures. Yeah.
0: Anyhow, I'm going to have a discussion with another philosopher this week. Okay. So I'll maybe ask him the okay. same question. Okay. okay. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, everyone. Until next time. Bye. for listening to heroes of futurism if you enjoyed this podcast please consider subscribing and we'll see you next time cheers